Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 28th of September 2010. Now, newcomers should look into the website. I always get this off my chest at the beginning of the show. That way I don't pester you ten times through it like most folk do. Uh, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find hundreds of talks I've given over the past. Lots of audios. Download them for free. Bookmark all the other sites you see I've got listed there because we're getting problems once in a while with the main sites. This way you'll, you'll have some other site to get the latest downloads from. They all carry a lot of transcripts in English as well for prints up. And uh, if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu. You'll see that on the com site as well. So remember, too, that you are the audience. This is probably the only show where the audience brings me to you because I don't uh, get paid by advertisers. I have the offers, but I, I don't take them on. And um, it's up to you to support me. The ads you hear on the show pay for the airtime in this broadcast. It pays RBN uh, for their staff and equipment and their bills too. So you have to help me with mine and go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com, see what I have for sale. There's not a lot because I have no time really to write more books and so on. And, um, and buy them. That will keep me just trickling over hopefully. There's lots of discs as well to purchase. Sometimes they've got 50 shows in them. Good idea because once in a while, as I say, um, sites go down. We know that the censorship's coming along. And one day they'll just get pulled, yanked by, by law. And it'll happen instantaneously too. So uh, support me. It's up to yourselves if you want to. From the U.S. to Canada to purchase the books, which are different from any other book you read out there on history and so on. I show you the cons behind things how it works, how you manipulate the mass amounts of people and the techniques involved. Uh, you can purchase them from the States uh, by using a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office. You can use uh, cash, some people send cash, and you can use PayPal for donating and to purchase. If you want to purchase, send the donation and then send a separate email right after it with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, it's the same idea. You've got uh, the addition of, uh, you can't use personal check outside the Americas, of course, but uh, you can use um, Western Union, which is expensive. You can use MoneyGram, less expensive. You can use PayPal to order or to donate. That's going to be the best way to go right now if you can get to it. Or some people to send cash, and that gets through as well. And I'll get them out as fast as I can. Now, it's so amazing to me, having known a lot of this stuff, even growing up and watching it, and watching the changes in culture, and wondering why this is getting pushed from the top, all the massive changes. And then going into the history books, you find out when they, they tried this before, that the massive changes in culture, and they had in the 1920s and 30s, the Roaring Twenties, they called it, where they tried to separate a, a generation from the previous generation, in a, fa a fashion and technique, using a technique they never used before. 
where they made a prohibition in the thing, the booze cans sprung up, and uh, everybody was naughty. It's a guaranteed to attract all the youngsters into these booze cans. They gave them the appropriate music. They gave them miniskirts too, and they told them to go ahead and just have fun, you know. But what they meant was massive promiscuity. However, they weren't geared up with penicillin for the, uh, the side effects of promiscuity. They didn't have uh, state-funded abortions, and um, they didn't have the contraceptions either. So uh, the fallout was pretty drastic. So they went back to the drawing board, used the taxpayers' money in all the countries of the West, working together, unified, of course, on the same project, and they came back in with the pill, etc., in the 60s. Guaranteed to change the culture, plus the culture industry got in on the act immediately because they worked together, of course, and with science. And bingo, the whole world changed. Now we're all at the mercy of the world's socialist system. Back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watts, and we're back cutting through the matrix. And it's astonishing, as I say, too. I've said many times, so many times, it's, it's rather nauseous, really, when you think about it, that uh, in politics you have a dialectical process where opposing parties pretend to really oppose each other, but they work together, signing the same agreements, and, and um, down through time they get to the same goal, which is a totalitarian world state, of course. Uh, most of the top ones, all, well, all of the top ones belong to the Council on Foreign Relations, and uh, they all are, are on board for a world agenda, a world government. If you get any of the old books from the CFR and Royal Institute of International Affairs back in the 30s, uh, grab them if you see them in the stores, old second-hand stores and bookstores, because they're invaluable. You'll, you'll see some of the, uh, the speeches given at their international meetings by members of parliament in Britain, U.S. congressmen, senators, a whole lot, talking about their goal being world government. And it wasn't to be a a, a democratic world government. It was more to be um, an authoritarian world system. You see, this was the new era. era. The 20th century was the new era for bringing in science to dominate, become the new religion and dominate society and perfects it the way it's supposed to have been in the first place, you see, according to these guys. It was all wrong with the Garden of Eden, and so the, the God had to go, and the priests had to go, and they would give you big bangs and stuff like that to take its place, and we'd all be taught this, to, to, to parrot this kind of stuff, and get your degrees by parroting um, Darwin and Einstein and all the rest of them. That's really what it was about. Uh, science would dominate and rule and guide society along the way it should be guided by those who knew better how to do it. And that wasn't the general population, you see. But you still get articles yet that will tell you a little bit of truth, but never go into the pantomime game of the two parties. Every change of party, when they come into the House or the Parliament, um, go along with the same United Nations treaties and signatories as the previous ones do. Uh, they, don't, they don't change anything, they don't throw anything out and say, no, we're a different party, we're not having it. They, they, they carry on with it and sign and add to it. And it's been like that my whole life. I've watched them in every country. I've watched them do the same con game. But anyway, it puts people from having, off from having revolutions every four or five years. And that's why they give you what, this farce they call democracy. But here's an article here. It says, uh, 27 December, stop the Internet blacklist. 
And it says, when it really matters to them, Congress members can come together with a panache and wry wit you didn't know they had. Well, they don't have a wry wit because they have speechwriters to write everything they say. Anyway, it says, as banned books week gets underway and President Obama admonishes oppressive regimes for their censorship of the Internet, a group of powerful senators, Republicans and Democrats alike, have signed on to a bill that would vastly expand the government's power to censor the Internet. Uh, the Combating Online Infringement and Counterfeits Act was introduced just one week ago, but it's greased and ready to move, with a hearing in front of the Judiciary Committee this, week, this Thursday. If people don't speak out, U.S. citizens could soon find themselves joining Iranians and Chinese and being blocked from accessing broad chunks of the public's Internet. I don't know why they say it's the public Internet, because, because it's owned by private companies, eh? It says, um, it says, um, the COICA creates two blacklists of internet domain names. Courts could add sites to the first list. The Attorney General would have to control, uh, or have control over the second. Internet service providers and others, everyone from Comcast to PayPal to Google AdSense, would be required to block any domains on the first list. They would also receive immunity and presumably the good favor of the government if they blocked domains on the second list. The lists are for sites dedicated to infringing activity, but that's defined very broadly. That's beautiful, how they get these vague terms out there. They can use anything, they use them for anything they wish. That's why they deliberately put them in like that, to infringing activity. So it says, any domain name where counterfeit goods or copyright material are central to the activity of the Internet site could be blocked. One example of what this means in practice is sites like YouTube could be censored in the U.S. Copyright holders like Viacom often argue copyrighted materials is central to the activity of YouTube, but under current U.S. law, the YouTube is perfectly legal as long as they take down copyright material when they're informed about it which is why Viacom lost YouTube in court. But if the COICA passes, Viacom wouldn't even need to prove YouTube is doing anything illegal to get it shut down, as long as they can persuade the courts that enough other people are using it for copyright infringement, the whole site could be censored. Perhaps even more disturbing if a Viacom couldn't get a court to compel censorship of a YouTube or similar site, the DOJ, I think that says, could put it on the second blacklist and encourage ISPs to block it even without a court order. ISPs have ample reason to abide the will of the powerful DOJ, even if the law doesn't formally require them to do so. It says the passage would be a tremendous blow to free speech on the Internet and likely the first step towards a much broader online censorship. And uh, there's a petition out there and so on. I'll put this link up on my site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, at the end of the show. And you can see what you want to do about that, you know. But anyway, it's quite amazing, as I say, but very predictable. It had to go this way. Um, China has different ways of censoring you, too, apart from killing you and hanging on wires after they plasticize you and put you on display in museums and art galleries. They have, um, they also um, make it very, very slow to try and get anything up on the Internet. And that's your message that they don't like you looking at a particular site. So they have different levels of it. That also can happen here too, as I've noticed. So there's many ways to just make sure that you're nudged in the right direction, as Mr. Sunstein would say. Proper nudges.
Now, <laughs> the United Nations is quite the organization. I mean, it's, it's, in nature, it's socialistic, communistic. Absolutely. The whole Marxist philosophy is, is, comes out of their mouths all the time uh, in the United Nations. But remember who set it up, and it was a Royal Institute for International Affairs guys, the guys who even set that up, the, 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 the group that uh, Carol Quigley talks about, the Milner group, who are all rich bankers, the inter, they were international money lenders, uh, based in London, although a lot of them were from Germany. And um, uh, they've helped to set up the League of Nations and then funded the United Nations along with their other pals at like the Rockefeller Foundation. So they set up the, the, the United Nations. The great guys would be, it would, it would get the countries all to sign treaties and that would bypass Congresses and all the rest of it and parliaments that all sign treaties automatically until they're bound together under this new sort of communist type system. But you know, the capitalists at the top running it all, as they always did, they always ran both sides of things. The true capitalists, that is. And it says here, United Nations to the world, it says, show us the money. Uh, it says, international agreements to fight the threat uh, of climate change will not make any further progress unless rich countries deliver on their promises of almost $30 billion in short-term funding for developing economies. The UN senior climate official has warned. Now, this is Marxism. It's, a, it's one of the planks of the Communist Manifesto, for those who don't know. That's redistribution of wealth, you see. And a lot of people used to, who were sort of low-level Marxists, used to think, well, the rich will have to pay. No, you'll all have to pay. All you guys at the bottom, you always pay for everything. So here's the UN, uh, like a big daddy, demanding the cash from companies that are already bankrupted uh, by their banks themselves in order to get the IMF up to a higher position with, of dominance over all the countries. And now, they, now they're looting us all and their taxes to go and, and pay for China's health care, for instance. No kidding. Under the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs, those countries that were still deemed third-world country, even though they're bringing in trillions of dollars a year, um, could indefinitely postpone signing on and, uh, uh, at the, for, the, for the, lo- not the loans, the grants they get for, to fund their own health care and education. As they cut back in the States and Canada everywhere else. Beautiful Marxism. It's, that's what it is. For those who really, really can't figure it out, let's check out the Communist Manifesto. It's pretty well all been completed. Every plank. Anyway, it says here, this new woman, Christiana Figueres, who took over as Executive Secretary of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change in July, said the climate talks in Cancun in November would not set any new targets for cutting greenhouse gas emissions, <laughs> but could make progress on practical measures for tackling global warming, such as holding back deforestation and all that rubbish, you see. So, really, we don't vote, for, and no one votes for the United Nations, and here they are telling the countries what to do. That's why it was set up this way. Post-democratic system. You've been in it for a long time. And then it's a handout, they're giving it to all the newspapers. Now, newspapers are great for just taking handouts from the public relations organizations at the United Nations and elsewhere and putting them right into their papers. But this, this article here is about um, a special report on the forests. Again, it comes from the United Nations, obviously. I won't read it because it's rubbish, but it, um, I'll put it up on the website to show you uh, the kind of stuff they're still pushing 
about forests and saving forests and how they'll have to find new ways of getting food because they're not going to cut forests down to create uh, fields and all that. What they're not telling you is under the laws of the last 50 years, they've been closing down farms and letting the, f- the fields go wild and, and all the rest of it. And um, the big agribusinesses are happy with that because they can bring out, bring in their food from places like Chile. That's why they set Chile up under the NAFTA agreement and the free trade agreement to be the, the great supplier of veggies and all the rest of it to America and Canada. They don't mention any of this, this stuff in here. See, so you're living through a plan, and unless you've got a memory and take an interest in your environment while things are happening around you, you won't understand what's going on, and you'll fall for the rubbish that they dish out like this article here. And I'll be back with more after these messages. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix, going through the nonsense that we're handed out as news really these, these days. We've had a bit of stuff all our lives, you just didn't really notice it. But um, everything is predictive programming, even their arguments at times as well. And once in a while you get something worth reading, which isn't very often. But um, because remember the press, uh, it may be called a free press, even though it's technically not free, it's not, it's not giving you free or truth uh, news. And they've decided the High Court, of course, of the U.S., that, didn't, that the media and the news companies did not have to tell anybody the truth. Uh, I mean, they're just giving you news, you know, news, anything. News could be anything at all, one of these lovely legal terms. It's, a, it's an arm of controlling you, of government for government, world government, of course. But it says here, um, Global Cooling and the New World Order, very interesting article. It says, um, Bilderberg, whether you believe it's part of a sinister conspiracy which will lead inexorably to one world government or whether you think it's just a, an innocent high-level talking shop, it says here, there's no one thing that, c- that can be denied. It knows which way the wind is blowing. And then it says, at his June meeting in Sitges, Spain, unreported and held in camera as is a Bilderberger's way, some of the world's most powerful CEOs rubbed shoulders with notable academics and leading politicians. They included the chairman of Fiat, the Irish Attorney General Paul Gallagher, the U.S. Special Rep for Afghanistan and Pakistan, Richard Holbrook, Henry Kissinger, Bill Gates, Dick Pearl, the Queen of the Netherlands, the editor of The Economist, uh, definitely not zealous in other words which is what makes one particular item on the group's discussion agenda so tremendously significant. See if you can spot the one I mean. And it says the 58th Bilderberger meeting will be held in Spain. This was their their handout when they first gave it out from the the 3rd to the 6th of June 2010. The conference will deal mainly with financial reform, security, cyber technology, energy, Pakistan, Afghanistan, world food problem, global cooling, social networking, medical science, EU-US relations. So which one was the odd one out there? Hmm? He says, yeah, that's right, it was global cooling, which means one of two things. Either there was a printing error, or the global elite is perfectly well aware that global cooling represents a far more serious and imminent threat to the world than global warming, but is so far unwilling to admit it except behind closed doors. 
Let me briefly explain why this is a bombshell waiting to explode. Almost every government in the Western world, from the US to Britain and all other EU states to Australia and New Zealand, is currently committed to a policy of decarbonisation. This in turn is justified to increase increasingly sceptical electricists on the, the ground that man-made CO2 is a prime driver of dangerous global warming and must therefore be reduced drastically at no matter what social, economic and environmental cost. In the 80s and 90s, the global elite had a nice run of hot weather to support their scientifically dubious claims. But now they don't. Winters are getting colder, fuel bills are rising in the name of combating climate change, Naturally, the wheels are starting to come off the, the anthropogenic global warming bandwagon, bandwagon. Ordinary people resisting two decades of concerted brainwashing are starting to notice. That takes a long time for ordinary folk to notice things. All this, of course, spells big trouble for the global power elites, as well as leading to food shortages as, for example, it becomes harder to grow uh, wheats in northerly latitudes, adding, of course, to such already present disasters as biofuels and the rejection of GM, global cooling is going to find electorates increasingly angry that they have been sold a pup. Our fuel bills have risen inexorably. Our countryside, our views and our property values have been ravaged by hideous wind farms. Our cost of living has been driven up by green taxes. Our freedoms have been curtailed in any number of petty irritating ways from what kind of light bulbs we are permitted to use to how we dispose of our garbage, and to what end, if man-made global warming was really happening and really a problem, we might possibly have carried on putting up with all these constraints on our liberty and assaults on our income. But if it turns out to have been a myth, well then all bets are off. The next few years are going to be very interesting. Watch the global power elites squirming to reposition itself as it slowly distances itself from anthropogenic global warming. That's man-made global warming. And they'll say, who, us, no, we never thought of it as more than a quaint theory, and tries to find nice new ways of justifying green taxation and control. Ocean acidification, biodiversity, etc. You'll notice sly shifts in policy spin. In Britain, for example, Chris Chicken Little, Hyun's suicidal dash for wind, will be reinvented as a vital step towards energy security. There will be less talk of combating climate change and more talk of mitigation. You'll hear the enviro-nazis like Obama's science czar John Holdren avoid reference to global warming like the plague, preferring the more reliably vague phrase global climate disruption. And you know what the worst thing is? If we allow them to, they're going to get away with it. Our duty as free citizens over the next few years is to make sure that they don't. Al Gore, George Soros, Bill Gates, Carol Browner, John Holdren, Barack Obama, David Cameron, Ed Miliband, Tim Yeo, Michael Mann, Ted Turner, Robert Redford, Phil Jones, Chris Hewn, John Howard. Yes, really, he was supposed to be a conservative, but he was the man who kicked off Australia's ETS. Julia Gillard, Kevin Rudd, Yvo de Boer, Rajenda Pachuri, the list of the guilty goes on and on. And we're back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
Matrix. I'm back and we're cutting through the Matrix. Just going through a whole list of the people, many of the names, the well-known names involved in the global warming scam, who were well paid to do so, mind you. And it is a world agenda uh, for different reasons, obviously. But it says the list of the guilty goes on and on, each in his own way. And whether through ignorance, naivety, idealism or cynicism, it really doesn't matter for the rest has been the same. The result has been the same. He's done his bit to push the greatest con trick in the history of science, forcing on global consumers the biggest bill in the history of taxation, using global warming as an excuse to extend the reach of government further than it has ever gone before. Add on to that, add on to that too, the, the tax bailouts or the bank bailouts and, uh, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And we're really getting, we're getting screwed is what we're getting, you know. It says here, it's time we put a stop to this. In the U.S., the Tea Party movement is showing us a way. We need to punish these dodgy politicians at the ballot box. Well, that's pointless. Let's just give you another one who you'll fall for. We need to ensure that those scientists guilty of malfeasance are at the very least thrown out of the jobs which we taxpayers have been funding these last decades. We need to ensure that corporatist uh, profiteers are no longer able to benefit from the distortion and corruption of the markets, which result from green regulation. It says we need an, a global warming Nuremberg. Well, even Nuremberg was uh, fixed too. If you ever um, watched how that was put up with the Bernays boys, uh, it's all planned in Hollywood before they went over into Germany and had the the... the, the the Nuremberg trials, and they only showed you little snippets because they didn't like a lot of the answers they got during investigation. Everything's a show for the public. It always has been. It'd be quite something. But yeah, they'll go to global warming, global cooling, and don't forget too, the banks are all set up. They've been trading carbon credits now for years in countries like Europe, which they've got for free from the government, meaning the taxpayer, and they're making profits off them already. And all the profits, uh, I think all the, the, the carbon taxes for the world have been designated to go through Rothschild's family bank in Switzerland and then on to other places. Probably the other relatives' banks first and then, then to where it's supposed to go. What's left of it, that is. That's the farce of what we're living through. Totalitarianism under uh, the Wizard of Oz. And the Wizard of Oz, of course, has a loud voice, scary little sciences and stuff, lots of bamboozling talk. Uh, and he's a little man hiding in a little tent with a mouth, a mouthpiece, a speaker, and um, some p- wires that he pulls with levers to impress you all. It's the same con on a bigger scale. It's amazing, too, that I think it was Goring said, if you want to tell a lie, it's going to be a big lie. The public won't believe uh, a small lie. A small lie, they can believe, actually. They can believe what they do in their own little lives when they lie to each other about smaller things. But such a whopper of a lie, they can't believe it could be because they wouldn't do it. They'd be too terrified of not getting away with it. So nobody else could obviously do it either, you see. Now, the Czechoslovakian president, uh, told the UN to stay out of economics. He's been the only person who's spoken out about what's happening in the world today. And it says, um, the United Nations, September 25th, Czech President uh, Václav Klaus on Saturday criticized the UN calls for increased global governance of the world's economy. See, they want to be in charge of it all. Just like the, the little subgroup that they've got in the, the EU uh, wants total control over every country's economy, taxation, everything. And I've got articles here about that too that demanded more um, say in it all. 
Anyway, it says here, saying the world body should leave that role to national governments. Well, what national governments? The solution to dealing with the global economic crisis, Clause told the UN General Assembly, did not lie in creating new governmental and supranational agencies. And that's how they did it all. They created these supranational agencies that you'd never hear of until they're dictating to you with their laws. Or in aiming at global governance of the world economy. On the contrary, this is the time for international organizations, including the United Nations, to reduce their expenditures, make their administrations thinner, that'll be the day, and leave the solutions to the governments of the member states, he said. Obviously, local is the only place you can, you can handle the cash. You know what your problems are. And I'm talking about governments as well for, for nations. You know what the UN's doing with your money? They're throwing it all over the planet. Clouds appear to be responding to the address of the Swiss President of the General Assembly, uh, Joseph Deese, who said on Thursday at the opening of the annual gathering of world leaders in New York that it was time for the UN to comprehensively fulfill its global governance role. I told you it'd be about now they do that, 2010. So here you are. They're They're out in the open with it all. It's time for the United Nations to comprehensively fulfill its global governance role. Right? Exactly what they said in the 1930s in some of the books I have from the Council on Foreign Relations, from the speeches given at them. Dees suggested the world body should get more involved in economics and financial issues and not leave them solely in the hands of forums like the Group of 20 Club of uh, Key Developing and Developed Nations. Uh, Klaus, a free market economist who oversaw a wave of privatization in the 1990s after communism collapsed in his homeland and moved to elsewhere, also said that the world was moving in the wrong direction in combating the economic crisis. The anti-crisis measures that have been proposed and already partly implemented follow from the assumption that the crisis was a failure of markets and that the right way out is more regulation of markets, he said. He said that was a mistaken assumption and it was impossible to prevent future crises through regulatory interventions and similar actions by governments. He says that will only destroy the markets altogether and with them the chances of economic growth and prosperity in both developed and developing countries, he said. He says the Czech president, who's a vocal skeptic of global warming, that means he's got a functioning brain, said the United Nations should also keep out of science, including climate change. And it's true, it's a political agenda, all those characters who work for the United Nations. It's not scientific, it's a political agenda, using the pretense of fraudulent science. UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon has made fighting climate change one of his top priorities, it says here. But yeah, there you go, they're up, going to move up to their top position as for global governance, right? Where the, the new Soviet, see this was, was based on, it was to be the new Soviet, that came out in the Rees report uh, in the 1950s. In America, the Congress had a, an investigation into the tax-free massive foundations uh, that uh, were worth trillions of dollars back then that they'd hand out to non-governmental organizations to change America and the Western world. And they said their job was to eventually change the culture so drastically it could blend seamlessly with that of the Soviet Union. That's been accomplished. And the next part is, is the new Soviet. The Soviet means rule by councils. And so you have councils appointed in, for, in charge of every facet of society, right down to your little community where you live. That's what communitarianism is all about, communitarianism. So that's what governance is all about, 
they don't like to use the term government, world government, because, you know, even the ones with an IQ of 50 might figure that out, that this is not a good thing. So they, they term governance, because really it's all these, these uh, unelected um, committees that are set up and just shoved into parliaments and, and, and congresses on the panels of every country that are running the show, you see, pretending to speak on behalf of, of the people or on behalf of the scientific elite using fake science. The old, old goal was to get a, a conquered world uh, totally destroyed that would not fight back in any way at all, and that's why they attacked the morality first and basically the foundations of that society. You begin degradation, you destroy marriage altogether, you destroy the bonding of male and female, you get everyone separated from everyone else, and the government can then talk directly down to you with no interference from any members standing around you. That's what they said back in the 1940s and even as early as the 20s with H.G. Wells' compilations of trivia. So that's where it is today. It's global governance, and they're coming forward in the year 2010 to raise it up. Probably by 2012, they'll come out openly, and it's declared as done with the last signing of the last treaties. That will happen. The... Agenda to most folk, they can't understand or really, really believe that it was made so such a long time ago that people and organizations have worked steadily, intergenerationally, to make it happen. You see, most folk are short-term planners. They can only try and plan to do something in their own lifetime for themselves. They've a bad enough time in trying to uh, figure out if they can get enough cash into for retirement for themselves, even. That's, that's as far as they can generally go. Or having a holiday in a couple of years' time, or maybe five years down the road, if they save up. But, you see, foundations, as Carol Quigley explained, uh, foundations that are set up have global agendas. They are not answerable to any governments, and yet they have direct a contact with all governments for input. They direct the non-governmental organizations that demand on behalf of the pretended people uh, to do this, that, and the other, to bring in global governments. And uh, as I say, they're, they're not answerable to anybody else. They're not taxed on their money either, the credible money that they have. Uh, they were set up by the big Rockefellers, the Fords, Carnegies, and many, many others, Guggenheim, etc., and uh, they are really the, the supra-national uh, governments to, today. They are the Soviet. And now they're setting up their front groups to be the new Soviet committees, organizations that sit on panels, panels of experts or rule your life for you, right down, as I say, to your little community under commutarianism. That's how it really is. But... These guys back in the 20s and 30s knew about it. The guys who were taking part in the global meetings, the very wealthy aristocrats that also wrote books about it, like Aldous Huxley. And he gave us Brave New World and, and told us how it would eventually end up, uh, not with really a qualm of uh, suspicion it could go any other way. He was absolutely certain this is how it was going to go because, you see, um, he mixed with all the ones who were already working in genetics in his day and how they would perfect the working people and perfect different classes of people. Uh, again, that Marxist idea 
of um, the distribution of uh, division of labor. It was very important to them to plan their brave new worlds. And the aristocracy was all on board with that. Here's an article here, and again, it's one of the main propaganda uh, sites for um, basically altering uh, the way that children are normally conceived, babies are conceived. And it says here, uh, Bionews, uh, Passport to Parenthood, the Evidence and Ethics Behind Cross-Border Reproductive Care. And it goes on about the, an in vitro fertilization is becoming more efficient than sex in the over, over 30s. It's pure propaganda, you see. And it says uh, in vitro fertilization could become the routine method of conception for 30 to 40-year-olds within a decade, the scientists predict. Uh, the study leader, Dr. Gabor Vajta, and his team found that in vitro embryo formation in cattle, so we're just cattle now, you see, is now 100 times more efficient than natural calf selection or creation, according to research published in last month's Reproductive Biomedicine Online. These rapid advances could potentially be adapted for humans, the researchers explain. We're not quite at the stage yet, but that's where we're heading, said co-author Dr. Jovic. Within the next five years to ten years, couples approaching 40 will access the in vitro fertilization industry first when they want to have a baby. Doctor, well, actually, you'll have to to see if they'll allow you to even breed. You see, Doctor Vashta outlines how other techniques could also increase success rates. He said that ICSI, uh, sperm injection, a technique in which a single sperm is injected directly into an egg, could remove much of the hit and miss results of natural fertilization. So, anyway, this this article goes on and on and on about this. But what's interesting too is when you, you scroll down and you see all the newspapers that, that put these handouts right into their papers, all the biggies, because it's, it's predictive programming, you see. That's what's interesting to me, not the, the rubbish they're talking about. This, I, you know that already, surely. But it's all the papers that immediately grab that stuff and shove it into them, into a handout, you see, from the public relations companies to program you off what they call inevitability the concept of inevitability programming and predictive programming. That's really what it's about. But we truly, truly are living in a vastly changed world, rapidly changed, even through my lifetime and even in the last 30 years. Incredible. And I've watched it. I've understood what's happening. I've talked to people in culture industry uh, near the top of the field and had little whiffs here and there as it gave you little little suggestions and little wink that they go through, uh, telling you something in a roundabout way that you're not supposed to know. But if they kind of um, admire your intellect a little bit, because you've obviously shown that you do know something that's going on, uh, they'll give you little hints and clues, etc. Everything is directed in our life. Everything in our lives is, is directed by definite organizations way above politics way about politics. And everything that happens has a purpose, especially in what we call entertainment. From the type of music you listen to, to what it's supposed to do to that particular generation, to the movies that are churned out during that period as well, which combines with that kind of music, etc. Uh, it all works together with the fashions. Uh, and, you know, Plato talked about this a long time ago. 
he wanted at one point musicians to be licensed because he says the music has such an incredible effect on the young. And it could be used, he said, to alter uh, the, the children's, as they're growing up, the youth's attitudes, morality, etc., towards their parents and the system. And, of course, they knew, in other words, they could also use that music to, to do whatever they wanted to by understanding that. He also said that the drama industry, which is now movie industry, uh, had a lot to do with it, too, because people mimicked what they saw. They mimicked the, the hero, they mimicked the heroine, and whatever morality that they exhibited, too, they'd mimic that, too, in real life. Ancient stuff. And he also talked about the fashion industry. He called it fashion industry in the direct translation. How we just uh, go along with it, and we've got no idea why it's all getting churned out like that. But they do know at the top. Quite something. Quite something. People can't... You see, it's like, it, this reminds me of ancient Babylon, because they also had their, their goddess queen in it, of Isis, like the Egyptians. And they talked about the thousand faces of Isis in the ancient world. Because what they were telling you is all these different systems that you think are all different, say communism, capitalism, fascism, socialism, and it's on and on and on it goes. All the isms are all the same thing. Called something different so you don't figure that out. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. It's interesting as I say that people get stuck on terms and they can't see what's, if something looks the same and it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, you know, it's generally a duck. But they can't really put that together. They thought that the Fabian society that even had multimillionaires in it um, obviously could not be a communist thing, even though in their own writings they admitted they had access to the desk of first Lenin and then Stalin. They were hand in glove with them. Trotsky fell out with them because he wanted a fast revolution across the world, but the Fabianists thought they'd do it from penetrating from within governments and and altering the laws and then becoming the majority, and that's exactly what they did across the whole of the planet, basically. And they don't care what term they use, conservative, labor, whatever, it's all the same thing. As long as you have your guys in there, they're allowed to be chameleons and pretend they're you. Now, Blair, Tony Blair, vowed he would destroy the face of Britain, its culture, everything, by mass immigration. And he opened the floodgates that the vice, um, uh, the assistant prime minister, uh, admitted that about six months ago, and I read it on the Aries admission. And so that was the goal, was to destroy it so they could never, ever stand up together, bring a country back if they were being demolished, bring themselves back so they could survive, and isn't it amazing, after being hit with bankruptcies and all the rest of it, bailing out banks, they're still paying, forking their money out across the planet under the redistribution of wealth that has been told by the EU commissars to order Britain to give financial benefits and health care to international welfare shopping migrants. Who told them this? The EU commissars. 
the European Parliament. This is now the dominant parliament that you cannot argue with. It's above any law. They are the law. So there are immigrants across Europe shopping for the best place to go and collect welfare benefits, health care, and all the rest of it as soon as they arrive. And here's the big boys making sure that whoever's left in Britain that literally has such a massive population already living on welfare because the work is just gone. They're putting more folk in. It's just astonishing. And they've told it would take another half million in from even Bulgaria. There's another article here I'll put up. It's about in the doc modern Dave Fagans who sent 200 Romanian children to beg and steal in the UK. Modern Dave Fagans brought in almost 200 Romanian children in Britain to steal and beg for their criminal masters. A court heard yesterday. The youngsters, some as young as eight, were said to have been uh, trained in their home country to pick pockets, snatch bags from bars and restaurants, shoplift and beg at home. Then they, they were packed off to the UK, many with forged documents. They've got 20 guys, 26 men on trial right now. But it says their bosses, all Roma gypsies, coerce families into giving up their children, saying they would find them work and send money home. The children were bringing in £100,000 a year each on stuff they'd sold and pickpockets and all the rest of it um, and handing it over to their the gang bosses. Modern day Faganism. Eh? Quite something. But I guess when they catch them all, all those guys, criminals can just go on welfare and health benefits and, and all, because the EU will say so, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Can't make any exceptions. That's discrimination. That's the world, folks. And guess what? Once the U.S. has finished its job of cleaning up the Middle East and making it safe for world um, authoritarianism, they're going to do the, the last part there too. And I think you all in the U.S. know it. I've got lots of people contacting me all the time who see it all there. Terrible mess they're bringing down. And we're letting them do it. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you.